Welcome to the Soul Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, build a community of adventure junkies, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting and the outdoors, my mission is to help you live a bucket list life and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Meet us here weekly as I connect with like-minded men and women to discuss health and mindset, accountability, life and entrepreneurship, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. I am really stoked to share this episode with you. The two people that I have on, uh, Kylie and John Gabrio, uh, are just really fun people to talk to. And we get to hear all about their 2022 hunting season and everything that unfolded, which I will tell you right now, spoiler alert, was a ton of excitement. They doubled up on elk literally seconds apart with some incredible bulls. And they also unfold how Kylie basically notched every single one of her tags in 2022 as a semi-new hunter. It's really cool to see her perspective and listen in as she tells Uh, ways that she's built her confidence, habits that she's implemented into her life that have really helped her become successful. Of course, alongside her husband, John, who is a a tried and true, very uh, solid hunter himself and a part of the Elk Collective. Uh, We don't necessarily talk about that in part one of their episode, but you will hear more about the Elk Collective in part two. I will tell you right now, they have set up a code soul summit that will get you i think like 20 or 30 bucks off it's already incredibly low priced so it is a good resource for anybody who's wanting to solidify their skills when it comes to calling setup scouting and getting it done in the elk woods listen in to this cool episode i think it's really inspiring super duper exciting and we'll have you fired up to get out in the mountains again soon enjoy If you're in the market for some new optics, don't forget to check out Mavenbuilt. This consumer direct company is spinning heads, winning awards, and producing some of the best quality glass at a direct-to-consumer price. I've been using Maven's unrivaled binoculars and scopes for over seven years, and on every level, they've surpassed my expectations. Head over to mavenbuilt.com to check out their top-of-the-line optics, read the reviews, and pull the trigger on the glass you've been eyeballing. That's M-A-V-E-N-B-U-I-L-T dot com. Use the code SoulSummit-GIFT and get a surprise in your next order just for listening to the show. This podcast is also proudly supported by the Her Outdoor Journey brand. Our mission is to create common ground for passionate outdoor junkies, bridge the gap for women that hunt, and inspire you to live your bucket list life. Hop on over to HerOutdoorJourney.com to dive into the blog, Find events near you and join this community of outdoors men and women. That's heroutdoorjourney.com. Well, I am pretty stoked uh, selfishly to hear the stories that have unfolded from this year's season for my guest today. But on the other side of the screen, I have the Gabrios, John and Kylie. Um, Welcome to the Soul Summit podcast. Thank you for having us on. Truly appreciate it. And it was... uh... Definitely a fun season. Can't deny that. So we, we, I would say, I don't know if it's luck or just a lot of hard work, but we'll take the luck one. I'd rather just 
we'll say we're lucky. <laughs> no, I think it was all hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah. a combination of the two. I feel like sometimes hunting is just kind of about that right place, right time situation. But you guys definitely put in the work. Um, and I'm always seeing you guys out on some kind of adventure, whether you're scouting or black bear hunting or just getting after it. So kudos to you guys on such a great season. Uh, John, I've had you on before. Uh, you were on here with me talking about kind of some social media, um, kind of at the heat of when, you know, Know, a lot of hunters were getting banned and pulled off of social media and we covered that uh we also talked about the elk collective which you're a part of and i'm sure we'll cover again today but kylie you have not been on with with me before so i'm excited just to get some of your input as well uh i actually remember when we first met i'm almost positive it was in big sky montana at the total archery challenge and uh i just remember like that storm hitting remember when that whole thing came oh, down that awful that was a pretty i feel like everyone remembers that storm who was there Yep. I have pictures to this day of us all huddled under like the Maven booth. Like everybody's holding on to like a part of the tent, you know, we're going, holy cow, where'd this come from? But yeah, super excited to have you on the show. Why don't you start us off by giving a little backstory on you, of course, and also just kind of your guys's more kind of recent move um, and how life is going as a married couple. Yeah. So John and I, we've been together almost what? It'll be five years, five years in October. Um, we met through social media, which is kind of cool. We lived in completely different states. And when I was in Colorado living on an outfitting ranch, he kind of messaged me one day and kind of asked if I wanted to take a flight to Washington at the time. And I did that. And our life kind of transformed pretty quickly. Um, he sold his house. We moved to Utah because my family lives there. And we were there for about two years. And then um, I think we both knew we wanted to move to Montana. I lived there once before. and. He's always wanted to live there, but was always scared to go. And we took the move and we were getting married and ended up getting married the same week we sold our house. No, I guess it was, we didn't live in a, we weren't, no, we had already sold our house. We were <laughs> in our friend's basement, moved two days after the wedding. It was just really crazy, like how we got here, but we ended up landing like the most perfect property. We have the most amazing view of the elk horns here and have elk outside our window every morning when we're looking out and. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. We love it so far. Uh, well, the view behind you alone is stunning. You guys have done a great job with your place, but I was going to bring that up. Every time I see you post like a morning view on social media, like on your Instagram stories, I'm honestly just taken back. Like, wow, that is stunning. What a place to wake up. Like, how can you, I mean, I know you can, but how can you have a bad day when you wake up to an area so beautiful? Yeah, I think that's one of the most like every morning we wake up and we have these beautiful windows here and we just look out and we're like, man, like, how do you not love where you live? And it's just so humbling every day. We drink our coffee and just look at the elk and it definitely is. I don't know. I don't feel like a lot of people are fortunate to pick a place like this and we mm -hmm. landed it and it kind of fell into our hands perfectly. It, it definitely it's It's one of those things like in the morning you wake up and you just like, man, you realize that there's a lot more to life than, you know, just like when you're in the city and like when we lived in Salt Lake, you just felt like you had to keep up with the Joneses and like you mm -hmm. were going every day and like doing this, doing that, you know, I feel like we're almost busier here in a way, but it's more like normal life, just stuff. But you realize that you don't need to have air, like all sorts of fancy things to like, just live and enjoy your life. You know, it's yeah. like, we look out the window and I'm like, man, like the elk that are out there right now. I mean, there's like 200 head out here in the winter right now. And there's, well, there's 19 bulls on the hill yeah, two mornings ago. Mm -hmm. And there's like a 350 bull standing there. I mean, you can watch them from the window. Yeah. And so 
I mean, it's like just like life, like nature, just slower pace. But I'm almost thank- more thankful for it because I think it's taught us to like cherish each other. You know, it's like, hey, like what do you have as a relationship, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of finding the good things that we can do together and share our life together, you know, rather than like, oh, well, we got to go down to the store. We need to buy this. Oh, we got to post that on social because we went and did this or bought that, you know, and like feeling like we had to keep up with the rat race a little bit. And so it's like, I really do. I mean, I would say it's almost like one of those things that like brought us together, like even as a deeper connection than we already had, just like being in a place like this. Cause we're, we're in a small town. Like we have no fast food. There's no coffee shops. Like we have like a couple little hoedown, little small, <laughs> yeah, like diners, old and diners. And all like, we, like, all we have is like one blinking stoplight. We don't even have a real stoplight in town. So and like how far is like the next big town? Uh, Helena is only like a half hour away. So it's not like it's like that big of a deal. And Bozeman's only an hour south. So it's like we're close to the big cities, but yeah. it's like you're not going to go there every day. You know, it's yeah. like you're just like, oh, we're here. And I mean, it just it forces you to go outside, though. Like I'll say, I mean, we love the outdoors and I mean, you do and like everybody else that we know. I mean, it's like we have a passion just for being outside and nature and everything else. But it's weird because when you're here and you don't have those little things to distract you, it's like, oh, we better go for a hike. We better go do this. We better go do that. You know, it's like because it like forces you to go and like experience those things. So I'm, I'm thankful for it. I mean, it's just like it's a great great thing. Yeah. To me, I'm like, pinch me. Is this really my life? Like what a blessing. And I think, you know, as so Dustin just got his retirement approved uh, after 24 years. Yeah. It took us four tries and they finally approved it. Um, And that's one of the things that we're looking for to add in next is that it won't be full time for a while, but that little piece of land, that little spot where you can just go, where you have everything you need and not much at all. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. 100%. Yeah. And like that, we just kind of stumbled on it here. But it's like, I mean, there's even places now that we've been here. I'm like, oh, I would love to go here and like, you know, live there. Yeah, even (laughs) further, like go retire over there someday, you know, and just like that next little like hurdle. So I don't know. It's how close are you guys to family? Well, I mean, (laughs) I got a next door neighbor, (laughs) our dad. My, My dad. Yeah, my dad and sister actually live like two lots over from us. And so it's like, I mean, I can look out the window so in the garage, perfect. see him, but he's 75. And so it's yeah. kind of, I mean, he's getting up there a little bit, but he's still out doing his thing and he'll come walking by. We'll see him walk by the window and like go on his little walks every day or like do his thing. So we're close to them. But otherwise, I mean, the closest family we have is, well, yours in Salt Lake, I guess. Yeah, so. my whole family is in Salt Lake still. Okay. So. Yeah. So we're well, kind of on our And that's a blessing too. You know, I'm kind of in a similar situation. I don't have as much land around me, but, um, you know, my parents are four driveways down, which is where I grew up. And, and almost every morning that I sit there and have my coffee, I see my dad drive by on his way to work. And it's just like that simple thing, you know, we're not interacting really. He's just driving by and I'm like, there's my dad. Like, I hope you have a good day, dad. You know, like just special to have that kind of close connection. Um, I think those kind of things are priceless personally. 
It is a hundred percent, except for the fact when, you know, they come over and dad's like, oh, I did this at the house today. Like, let's take a look and see, is yours fixed up the same way? Like, you know, he, he, he just has to have something to do. So he's like that old guy that gets bored and he just like tinkers with stuff and like, whatever. I mean, it's good though. Cause he'll find little things and be like, oh, this, you know, we need to fix this on the water sy system or the well, or this, you know, just like stupid stuff to me. But because I'm like busy with like work and other things and, you know, she is too. And then it's like when he comes over and I'm like, thanks, dad. You know, I'm like, okay, like, okay, we got this fixed. Like, let's move on, you know? And it's like, but then you sit back and look at it and I'm like, ah, oh, man, you know, it's yeah. like, I'm not going to have that someday. It's like that, like, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, because it's like, he's just trying to help and he just doesn't have anything better to do with his right. time. So it's like well, I guess let him do his thing, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I, I am thankful for it, but does he at least yeah. give you a heads up that he's coming over? Like maybe it's 50, 50, 50. 50. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, this sounds like a very similar situation. I won't name names, but mom. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like 50, 50, you know, it's like, sometimes he'd be like, Hey, I'm coming over. Other times it's like all of a sudden you just get knocked at the door and the dogs freak out, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm coming in, you know, and, and you're I'm on like, a work call. You're like, uh, dogs are going crazy. You're in a work call. You try not to stress or flip them off. Yeah. 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 I know. that, And that's exactly. So we had a little talk like a little while ago around Christmas and I was like, hey, I was like, just text me or tell me like you're coming over because yeah. I was like, I, like there has been times like I'm on a Zoom call or a podcast or a work call and I'm like, hold on. Yeah. Just wait. So. Yeah, it is what it is. Totally feel that. Um, I'm I'm actually dying inside because this is my life, 100. <laughs> um, and the same thing. And I don't know, you know, you know, my mom is newly retired, and you know, I've worked for home from home for so long. It took her, it took them both, my parents both, years to realize that if I was at home, it didn't mean that I was just like hanging out. You know, that I was like working or on calls or in meetings or recording. You know, so. Um, I think a little bit of is that just maybe generational and also like occupational, like they just don't, this was not how they had business run, you know, themselves. And so it's a little bit harder to understand, but I totally feel you. It's like, Hey, just give me a little heads up. It'd be like just showing up into somebody's like corporate office. Just be like, Hey, what's up? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about the well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. And that, that's what, that's kind of what happens. You know, it's like my dad, he'll make comment to us and he's just like, it's not normal. Cause he's like, I worked at one job for 33 yeah. years, you know, and like retired. And he's like, to see you at home working and doing your thing. And then he's kind of like, well, I don't understand this. Like, how, how is this like working? You know? And he's yeah. like, it just, it's not something he's used to. And yep. so he, he, he's, he gets it. And like, I mean, of course he's super happy because with him being retired, you know, it's like, Hey, like, take time off to go hunt like i'm the one that has time to go and so i mean obviously kylie works four tens, yeah. but it's like i'm able to go do things with him and so i mean it's like hey like lunch today let's run over to the gun range you know we got a 2500 yard range behind the house and so you know it's like i'm able to go do those things with him so it's nice but hold on we got the, the <laughs> gunner cut this part out <laughs> no i'm leaving this in yeah. hey. <laughs> for sure he usually is taking his nap but he's like a little you can that's hear so him. funny <laughs> that's so funny oh my gosh i wish we could get our puppies together oh, oh, yeah. so cute so cute 
Um, yeah, totally hear what you're saying. Echo all the same things. I think um, it's kind of like they do kind of like get it a little bit when you you're like, yeah, sure, I'll show up or I can go on that or yeah, I'll go to Hawaii with you for, th- you know, four days or whatever. It's like, I am the boss, I can make those decisions. And I remind yeah. myself that too, when I'm complaining about my job and never getting to get away from it, because it's at my house, that I also can just leave for a month when I want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know she's over here like, what? I need to find that luxury. (laughs) She's like, I need to find something to do like, you know, business wise. And I mean, we've we've got a couple of things like we've kind of been talking about and want to work on here. And so it's like, I want to get her transitioned out. I mean, she's working in healthcare. And I mean, we all know how fun that is right now. And so we've been talking about it, but I'm with you because she sees me and she's like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. Your thing like, this isn't fair. I have to go to work, you know, work four tens at the hospital. And I'm like, hi. Yeah. You know, like you <laughs> I think just, it's hard though. Cause it's like, for me, it's like, people are always like, do you work and stuff like that? Like I'll get messages on Instagram and everything like that. And it's like, what people don't see is I never call out sick. Like I will go the whole year. Like I had COVID what a year ago and they, I went to work and they literally got to send me home. And I was like, but my PTO, I have my hunt coming up. And it's oh, like, yeah like savor every PTO that I could get for our hunting season because it's mm-hmm. like I work with friends and make sure that we're not doing yeah like it's you want to do fun other vacations and stuff but like the things that we look forward to is like hunting season and mm-hmm. my hardest to make sure we can incorporate that and I can go as much as I can so but you can do it still with a normal job right sacrifice not doing other things for it Right. Exactly. Yeah. You really have to be strategic with time off and plan things well. And it's hard not to have that flexibility. And I'm somebody like for me, flexibility is like everything. That's one of the number one priorities. You know, I want to be able to do the things that I want to do because I really do have this mentality. Like life is too short not to have a lot of fun mixed into the, you know, equation. So that's where Dustin has been too, you know, 24 years in the military. Like he don't call, he can't call in sick. If he's sick, he has to go into medical and they have to decide to send him home. And he has 30 days a year, which he stretches to the max. But you know, this year, had he not been able to retire, and I will never say like, you can't go do a hunt. But I was like, I don't know how you're going to have time to go sheep hunting this year. If you don't get that retirement, you know, it's like, either family time, and you know, everybody gets to see you, you know, more than once a year, or you get to go sheep hunting. It's like that you got to find that line. And, and that can be really hard for families to do. For sure. 100%. Yeah, I know. I feel pretty fortunate right now. I mean, just because we've kind of been able to go do a lot together. And she'll take other shifts and, you know, build up extra overtime, you know, and mm-hmm. that type of thing. And so it's, she sacrifices a ton. Yeah. And, but there's definitely times where it's like, she still doesn't have the time to go and hunt or do take the time off that I do. And like, you know, it's like, I'll be like, well, I'm going to go on this other hunt, you know? And it's like, if, she, if it, but if it wasn't for her staying home to watch the dogs or like take care of the house or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, I wouldn't be able to go do it. And so, I mean, it's like, there's definitely a balance there, you know, it's sure. like, you know, it, I feel like people always think, you know, I get messages. It's like, how do you, you know, you're always gone like in the fall doing this, doing that. And I'm like, but what you don't see is me coming home and working until 2am or like working all these long days, let alone that this time of year, working seven days a week until September, you know? And it's like, so mm-hmm. I make sure I get everything done and caught up. And it's like, people don't understand that, you know, and it's just like priorities for sure. Yeah. They think it's a game, you know, and I'm like, and they're like, I just want to hunt for a living. I'm like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like you, you might want to, but you don't understand what's that's going to entail, you know, let alone just hearing 
family, relationships, everything else apart. So since we're on the topic of hunting, let's just get right into your 22 season and how that unfolded. Because I'm going to be honest, I reread, I actually don't know that I had ever seen both of your part one and part two that came out on your um, Instagram post, Kylie. And you talked about just kind of this, you know, this caption was your experience and kind of the fast track version of how it went down. And I'm not joking. And I am maybe a little PMSy right now. But I was like fighting back emotion reading that just for the sheer like excitement and adrenaline of like what in the heck just happened. So we don't have to start on the elk story. I'm going to give you guys the floor and just like give us all of the details on what happened this year. It's kind of funny, right? As you said that, I got goosebumps just thinking about it again. <laughs> it really was such an incredible moment. Um, it kind of sucked though, because this year, like John and I, we just have not filmed like we normally typically have done in the past. And I think it's just, I don't know, like the more and more we hunt, the less and less we film um, as a couple. And I think it's just because we really enjoy those moments like that we're not having to show every single person like what we're doing and what we're experiencing. But then we look back and we want to make videos and we're like, oh, we have like hardly anything to look back on. But we what we do have is just literally a memory that not a lot of people would ever get to experience. But I'll let John kind of start off on like how it started. And yeah, I mean, I think like this whole year, though, it was just crazy from like her spring bear. And then I don't really want to talk about it, but I missed a bunch of bears and never got one. But um, <laughs> anyways, but it was just like from the from the moment she because let's start in 2021, actually, when we moved, she didn't even get a hunt. She hunted one hunt because she couldn't get tags and didn't draw a tag, couldn't get a tag anywhere. So we went to Washington for whitetail. She actually stuck a monster buck and ended up losing it. And she was like so depressed and like bummed that like derailed my bow. Yeah. She derailed her bow (laughs) in the process and like everything. And like just the whole thing went down. I was like, we'll make up for it in 2022. Like we're moving like Montana, like we'll be good. So it was kind of like one of those years, like, let's just do this and like go all out and like do it right. And so it just kind of started with the bear in the spring and she spotted that thing on her own and like ended up killing that thing. And so it just was like, cool because it was a color phase like in that blonde bear and i was like man like if this like and you don't kill anything else this year you got the coolest freaking bear like anyone's ever gonna get you know Mm -hmm. but it just was from there on like she was so motivated and honestly kind of like pushing me even like let's go like what this weekend let's go we drew these elk tags and she's like let's go scout like let's go do this you know and i'm like i like for me it was like cool. Like you're showing some serious motivation and interest to go do this. And so I was like, I'll put you in the position. You just like do what you want to do, you know? And like, kind of, I almost like gave her the reins, you know, this Mm -hmm. year I was like, here's where we're going to go. Here's where we'll focus. What do you think? Yeah, it looks good. And then I think it was like our first scouting trip. Like she even spotted like that one group of elk, like way down in there. And she's like, Oh, there's some elk, you know? And I was like, okay. Like she's, she's, ready to do this like she she wants it you know and yeah. so i kind of like let her progress and then it was like we made three trips over scouting like packed hiking in packed in water like six well it was like six miles and like stashed a bunch of water and like i mean we like went all out but it, i like kind of put it in her court was like dang and not to interrupt you the story but so kylie how long have you been hunting i can't remember so I've roughly been hunting around seven years. I'm kind okay. of the black sheep of my family. Um, I had a past relationship who kind of introduced me into like the big game hunting and okay. like shooting bow and stuff like that. And then 
it was just kind of more for fun and like something to do. But then when I met John, it really transferred into like, it just, I don't know. It really has become like our whole entire life. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So it just kind of like took off from there, you know, and like, she just was like, Hey, we're doing this. Like we're going to get it. And uh, so we were over there, what the day before archery season started Mm -hmm. two days. It was set up the camp, did everything, and like we were like totally prepared and uh, scouting before season open. And then it was almost for me, like looking at her from like she put in so much work. Like we, she get home from work, shoot her bow every night. Like she grab her bow, go out in the yard, shoot her bow. Like she was like, I mean, I'll be honest. Like there was, I don't know if there's anyone out there that like honestly was putting. You were in, turned like, on. You were like, oh baby, I like this I, side I, of you. <laughs> for me is I have like a lot of setbacks that like being a woman already like there's so many freaking badass girls out there but like I'm a little bit more petite I'm not as strong I'm incredibly double jointed so like shooting a bow already I have so many like I don't know just everything that can happen wrong always happens to me and so like this year I was like I want to get my pound of tire I want to try to get my draw better just because I have to draw back a little bit funny and got that chicken wing to get back but there was, I just had like a lot of motivation to be like, okay, I'm going to make it happen this year. Mm-hmm. I've had so many like close calls or almost theirs, but I was like, I am making it happen. And I feel like that hard work and consistency, I feel like we started it right at the end of February and we were like, okay, let's shoot, let's shoot, let's work out, let's do this. And it definitely paid off in the long run for sure. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it did. And like, I could see a lot of improvement in her, like, you know, all year and and from years past. And so I was kind of like, okay, you know, we've got you dialed, like you're good there. Let's just throw in the other pieces. And uh, opening day shows up, we're like walking down this ridge and I look over and she was like, hold on. She's like, you didn't tie your boot or something. You're tying your boot. And then she's like, I gotta go to the bathroom too. And I like turn around and I'm like, I'm going to go peek over this hill. And I like look over and there's like a 340, 50 bull standing there. And I'm like, come on, like, let's go, you know? And so she, she comes over with a bull ends up like moving off. And that afternoon it was like 104 degrees and it was so hot. And we had this little wallow we were sitting on. And then all of a sudden we get a phone call from my sister that afternoon. We, we didn't have service till we like bumped back up on the ridge. And she gets this text and she's, my sister's like, Hey, call me. And I'm like, Oh, great. And, uh, so we call her and she's watching the dogs and it was like almost like all this hard work I'd just seen, like her put in all summer, I felt like was gone. I was like, I know Mm -hmm. something's up. We're gonna have to go home. Like it's opening day. We have a whole week, like something's up. Were you guys close to home or like three and a half, four hours away? Gotcha. Yep. And so we call my sister. She's like, Hey, our one female dog, that's actually the older one that's still alive. Uh, she's like, I'm taking her to the vet. She's like throwing up blood, crap and blood in the yard everywhere. Like, blood. like she sends me a picture and like at first you're just like, Oh, it's fine. It's a little bit of, you know, and you're like, it. yeah, sends me the picture. And I used to be a vet tech and I instantly was like, John, we have to go home now. And we, I flew off that mountain and John's like, you don't have any water, Kylie. Like you already drink all your water. Like you need to relax. Like you need to breathe. And I'm like just bawling. And I'm like, nope, I got to get home. We got to get yeah. home. End up it, packing camp so fast. Got a flat tire. Didn't get to go home that night. Like just the worst case scenario. And John was so like, it wasn't even like a fight, but he had just seen like all my hard work literally just go down the drain. And it was just like, that's my PTO. Like I don't have, you know what I mean? And so we got home and it 
he ended up going back, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I she was at home and she ended up talking her boss into like not using her PTO that week and like Let giving her like the, the following week. But I was like, I'm going back. And so I went and actually hunted by myself for like four days, five days, came back. And then um, I was like, I had spotted a bunch of bulls. I let some bulls walk that I was like, well, those would be good ones for her to try to get her on. And if I don't blow them out of there type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had spotted this one big one during the summer. And I was like, well, there was two big ones, but the one I was like, I really want to kill that bull. And so I was kind of motivated. I'm like, I have all month, like I'll hunt. And I was only going to hunt Montana. Like that was it. I was like one state, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. And so I kept like sending her pictures every night. And I'm like, Hey, look at this bull. Look at this bull. Like, uh, and I mean, I had bulls like standing, like one bull was like eight, 10 yards, probably like this nice six point. And I'm just like videoing it. And it's just like walking by sniffing a cow, like right in front of me, she could have totally smoked it. And I'm just like, of course, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, of course, like something happens. You had to go home. But she's like, hey, my boss gave me the next week. So we're good to go. So I was like, perfect. Went back home, got her, and then came back. And then it was like, we hunted five days. We were there like 11 days total, but we had like dinked around a couple of the days, just like scouting and like checking new spots in between. Um, but we started hunting and then it was just like bulls and like close encounters, you know, and it was like, okay, hey, we're in them. Like, we're going to get one. Just be patient. And it was funny though, the first morning that we actually kind of were back there hunting we had this five by six come in and he starts wallowing around in front of us. And she's like, I'm killing it. I'm like, no, I'm like, just wait, like you're not, you're not shooting that thing. I was like, we're going to get a bigger one. Like just, just hold on. And, uh, so she ends up 28 yards, like this bull's there for like 15 minutes and she ends up like letting it walk off. And, uh, I'm like, Okay, good. Like you've, you could say you passed a bull now. That's all I wanted was her just to be like, I passed Could have had it, but didn't. Yeah, but didn't. Just so she can understand that feeling of like, hey, you don't have to always do it, but also to collect her emotions. Cause I mean, it's like sitting there, you know, as the other half, I'm like watching and her arrows like just bouncing, you know, I mean, she gets so worked up that she just loses it. So I'm like, use this to calm down. Yep. And so she did. And, well, anyways, then we hunted, well, like the four or five, whatever more days and then slowed down a little bit. And then I was like, great, like you were here and you didn't shoot one. And now we're not going to go and get anything. And it kind of got in that like negative mindset a little bit and it was hot. And then it was just kind of just, I don't know. Like, I felt like it was like super hot and then it just like died. And then what? Well, we, we had a big rainstorm that yeah. came in and it was really good. And then all of a sudden, like when I was there, because the rain got him stirred up, but then it started slowly every day, just the temperatures started warming back up. And of course, by the time she got there, and then it was like after like five days, then uh, it just, it was hot and the elk stopped kind of bugling. They were there, but they weren't doing it as much. And I was like, okay, dude, now we're going to fight this and like whatever. And so then she was like, well, what if we go check out this other area? And we met this landowner uh, in the area and they were just like the nicest people on the face of the earth. And, um, that was really cool because without them, I mean, I, I, it would definitely, we, we still were on the elk, but it would have made it a little tougher to like hunt some of it. And they were nice enough to give us access to some of their property. And we were like, well, cool. Like we'll take that. But like, here's the elk are over here. Like I already know where they're at and they're on the public, but I was like, we're going to go check these. And so they were like, well, go ahead, go back there. But if you guys need to, you can cross over Perfect. onto the backside of our property. 
I'm like, cool. Yeah, this sounds good. I'm like, thank you. You know, and we took off. Well, that afternoon, I'll be honest, like we started out and like hiking from the truck. It was like 85, 88 degrees somewhere in there. It was hot. And we take off hiking out across this sage flat. And it, we, I'm, when we say flat, there was no trees. It was a sage flat. Yeah, like nothing. <laughs> and so she goes, what do you think the odds are of killing tonight? And I was like, probably not very good. I was like, we're just going on a scouting mission, you know? And so we'd been hunting like this total other area. And so it was like strictly just a scouting mission. Granted, we knew that the elk were up there, but I, I thought they were on their property. And so I was like, the wind, we need to loop around like three miles and like come in on the backside. And I mean... We were being strategic, but I'll be honest, it wasn't like we're going out killing. And so then we ended up spotting a big herd of like a hundred, like way off in the distance. And I was like, man, we're never going to catch those before dark. And then all of a sudden she's like glassing and she's like, oh, there's a, a bull with like five, four or five cows, like right in front of us at like a mile. I'm like, well, those, that, that's doable. And so I'm thinking, well, they're not on their property, but I'm like, that's good because they're on the public, like coming towards us. And she's like, what should we do? And, and, I'm like, we're in the wide freaking open here. Yeah. She goes, we have like nowhere to hide. You I'm like, know? my little chicken arm draw. I was like, I'm not going to be able to. Like, and I just am thinking worst case scenario automatically. I'm like, there's no way I'm killing something right now. Like, and he's just like, it's fine. They're not going to come over. We're just going to watch right now. And I'm like, okay, but what if they come over? And he's like, well, then we'll think of it when it's there. And like, we find this like tiny, tiny, well, no, I guess what they started like coming towards us. And I was like, John, I think they're going to be coming towards us. Like we're in a good spot right now. And he's like, well, we're not going to get a shot right here. And I'm like, well, no shit. I was like, I just told you that. So then he's like, we got a boogie. So we literally take off. We're flying and like kind of get this like little hill that we're just cruising behind. And we find a little bush. Not well, we peeked over this ridge and I'll be honest, I didn't believe her that they were coming at first, you know, cause they were like in this timber. And so I'm like, I'm over, well, I was, I'll be honest. Cause I was watching like the big herd trying to figure out like what they were going to do. And then in the midst of this, she spots those, but then in the midst of the whole thing, the big bull that I was after, I, we heard this bugle like way off. And I'm like, where is this coming from? We couldn't figure it out. And my bull had like, 34 cows there's 35 cows like the day before completely and, different area though yeah completely different area i'm talking like five six miles away okay. and so i didn't expect him to be five six miles the other way and so we heard this bugle while i'm like looking scanning this tree line it's like a mile and a half two miles off and the wind was howling pretty hard though so it was like carrying his bugle but you could barely hear anything and i mean i'm not even sure if it was him bugling at first a bull was bugling I just happened to be scanning up that way. And all of a sudden I see him step out of the trees and he's standing there. I'm like, where's all the cows? Like, there's gotta be that whole herd of cows has to be there. And I'm like, that's him, Kylie. Like that's the bull. And she was like, what? And she's looking, she's like, holy cow, that that's him. So of course her herds little group is down here. My bull is like way up here. And then the other big herds behind them. Well, I think my bull literally got his ass kicked by this other herd took got all his cows taken that's why this giant herd was out there and i'm like there's no way like those cows have to be there you just don't have a freaking eight by eight like standing there with no cows you know and uh so then in the midst of this whole thing she's like i think my herd's coming and i'm like no no they're not you know i'm like it, no it, it, they got a long ways to go across this sage flat this is not happening and i kind of 
like second guessed her for a couple minutes, like just is like not thinking about it, you know, because I'm well, and I'll be honest, I was focused on the big bull and I'm like, how are we so going to kill this? My bull being like, yeah, that's nothing. Like, yeah, sure. Like, but this one's coming right here. It, so <laughs> she goes, we might want to move. And she's like, I'm not going to get a shot. Well, we dip down off behind this hill and she's like, we got to get like around the hill. And I'm like thinking, okay, yeah, like if they come, we need to move. Like we're not in a good spot. We got the wind perfect, kind of, but we're not in a good area. So we bail off this hill and I'm like, Kylie, she goes, she looks, oh, she know you look back and she goes, they are coming. And I'm like, what? And I like look out and literally her bowl, like kind of push the cows and they start like trotting and they're like coming across this flat at like a thousand yards. His bull saw my bull and wanted his yeah, cow out. Yeah. yeah. So it was also like my, my bull was like, Oh shit, they're coming after her. He's coming. And so he starts like getting him and going. And that's where I was like, John, we got to go. Like we're not going to get a shot right here. And we literally took off like, it was, I'll be honest, it was the fastest. I think either of us could have ran with packs on bows. I felt like I was in like a train to hunt competition for a second. Are you ready to join us on the experience of a lifetime? Pack your bags and get ready for this bucket list adventure in Sitka, Alaska. You show up and we'll take care of the rest. This seven day all-inclusive vacation will have you fishing world-class water, hiking some of the most beautiful parts of Alaska, paddleboarding, and kayaking through Cascading Mountains. Wake up and watch the whales from our luxurious home in the glow of the sunrise. Soak in this experience with a small group of passionate outdoor women and your private guides. Plan for fun-filled adventure by day and relaxing in the evenings in our stunning house hidden on our private beach. Head over to heroutdoorjourney.com forward slash Alaska to join us on the trip of a lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Roughly what time of September was this? Uh, the 18th. So it was like kind of later, a little bit mid month, later in the month there. And, uh, so I'm looking, peeking over the hill. My bull is like coming in hot and just bugling like every 30 seconds. And he's just like on a kind of a march right at her bull. Her bull freaks out. He's pushing these cows like faster and faster coming towards us. And I'm like, we're in trouble. Like if we got to go. So I'm like looking back at her, we take off run even farther, go around this like hill and I'm like, we got to set up here because I'm there's like a saddle. And I'm like, they're going to come through here, but we still have nowhere to hide. Like we are in the wide open sage flat. And so then she looks over and she's like, well, there's a little bush and a rock down there. And I'm looking at that thing and I'm like, <laughs> that's like 300 yards down there. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get down to that, you know, without if they come around the hill, there's like a little hill. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do it. She goes, well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta run down there. I was like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna get a shot anywhere else in this wide open sage because it's like little, short, little stubby shaped sage. Not yeah, like, like the taller, like it's knee high type stuff. Yeah. And so she's like, we gotta get to this bush. And the bush, I'll admit, was like in my mind, I'm like, this is the perfect scenario if we can get to this bush. But I don't think we're getting there. Sure. And the bush, the bush is like four feet tall, and it's like six, seven feet around. It's like a big juniper bush. And then there's a rock wall coming right off the bush, like eight, 10 feet long. And I'm like, oh, we could hide behind that. And then depending which way they came past it, we could move behind this little rock wall. So I'm like looking at her. I'm like, we ain't making a bush. I'm like, we're, it's, it's not happening. And she goes, and it's a little bush. Like think if John and I were like anyone who was like six foot, right. That bush not have worked but john and i are little people so it worked she goes well we gotta go like we're never gonna get there and this is kind of back to the moment of me like thinking about okay and and in my mind part partially i'm like all the years past of like 
thinking about her and her success and like, you know, stuff and like failures, you know, and everything. And I'm like, crap. But then I'm like, she's ready this year. Like if I can make the bush, she's going to get a shot potentially if these elk come around here we got to go. And I'm get like, to the damn in- bush, get there. Yeah. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> well, I'm like, yes to everything. So we take off running again, like as fast as we can get down, hit the bush, drop our packs. Neither of us had even knocked an arrow. Cause I'm like trying to figure out like where they're going to go by. And I see another bush down below and I'm like, do we need to get there? And she's like, we don't have time. Like we got here and like, it might be a long shot. You might be the one shooting. I might not even get a shot. And I turn around and I like, do one of these things over the rock wall, just slow to like see where the elk are at. And I see cow ears like flipping around at like 50 yards, like coming. And I'm like, they're coming. Get an arrow now. Yeah. now. And he like yells at me. And it's like when he goes in like bro mode and I'm like, I am not a bro. Do not talk to me like bro. And he's like, get the fucking arrow knocked. And I'm like, John, like stop being mean. And like, he gets so like amped up in that moment. So I'm like getting my arrow and I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know they're there. Like he didn't tell me they're like right there. Also, he's like, they're right there. And then all of a sudden it was just. Well, we both looked up and I looked at her and I'm like pointing like here. And all of a sudden we like looked at each other and you could just hear like hooves running. And we like, she looks at me and I'm looking at her and these elk, this cow like jumps over us off the rock wall, like maybe like three, four feet, like kind of just right here behind us or like her airborne. And then her bull is chasing it with his nose down and you hear him like his breath just going in like he's like kind of not glunking but like uh, a like inhaling thing and he's like running over and he comes over the wall airborne hits the ground there's like dirt literally we're like i'm talking like four three four feet there's dirt flying the cow runs out to like 40 yards and he's like full on like running after her. the cow stops and her bull like turns and runs right back in because the other three cows that were like coming behind he's like why well, chase this one i gotta get these because this bull's coming and he runs in slams on the brakes and just like skids to a stop at like seven yards puts his head down grabs a piece of grass and he's just looking right at me and i'm like uh is this the time i'm supposed to shoot like do i wait until he's like not looking at me and john's kind of like kitty quarter because we were like opposite ways when we had got ready because he came really quickly and i just like I'm sitting there and I don't want to say anything to him, but I'm like, uh, is this the time that I'm supposed to shoot? And so I'm like, well, he's like staring right at me. Do I want to wait like 20 yards when he's kind of quartered away or like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just, and she wasn't, she wasn't at full draw. No, uh, like I right. didn't was there cause it happened so fast and they jumped right over us. And that already is just like an experience that not a lot of people I could say have ever in, like, encountered ever. And I just draw back and I was so calm. Like it was so wicked. Like I'm usually always a nervous wreck, but I just instantly just drew back, looked right at, and I don't remember looking at like my sight or anything. I just shot him and it was a perfect shot. And I just was like, oh, what just happened? Like I just shot a bull at seven yards staring at me with like cows everywhere behind this tiny little rock. And it was just like all of a sudden like tunnel vision of like, how the heck did this even just like play out? And so then we like scream and we're freaking out because that's like my first archery bull and we're yelling and all of a sudden a huge bugle rips off and John's like, my bull. And his eyes just go like huge. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like your bull's still coming. And so the other cows ended up, what was their three? Well, remember we had the one right as you shot. We So we're, I'm on this rock. My arrow is like right here and I didn't want to move because of her like getting a chance to shoot this bull. 
I got a cow that comes over the top, my arrow, and she's like three feet from the end of my arrow, like <laughs> standing there looking down at me like, what is this? This is not right. You know, like so, it, something's wrong. And so I'm like sitting here lo- literally just staring at this elk. <laughs> About to get arrow. a hoof in the face. Yeah. Like, seriously and, though. And so then she's like over here and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, just draw back, just draw back and shoot because oh, like, sure. he's, he's distracted by the cow. He doesn't, he's trying to figure out this other cow. Like he doesn't know. I'm like, just draw back and shoot in my head. Yeah. And all of a sudden she just ripped her bow back, smoked it. This cow takes off running. The other one takes off and the other ones and they all just like ran down. Back to where they just came from, where the other, his elk was still coming up to. Yeah. And they kind of circled down like below and she like jumps. Of course I'm ecstatic. Like I threw my bow on the ground. Like I would not throw it, but I kind of just like dropped on the ground a little bit, jumped up hugged her said a few choice words and we were just i was because i was so excited like you know and i just was like i cannot believe it just happened and all of a sudden we heard that bugle and i'm like my bull i was like he's still coming and i turn around and look and we're in the wide open stand up behind this rock now like i mean we're totally exposed the cows are looking at us her bull standing there blood just pouring out of his both sides and i'm like look and i see the big bull's rack at like 100 yards and he's like swiveling his head trying to figure out why those elk ran off and i'm like holy crap so i just cow called like out of instinct three times just trying to like stop all the commotion yeah. like calm down my bull rips a bugle tips his head back and just like starts marching right in at us and i was like kylie get down there's no way she picks the camera up off the ground i didn't know it but like she grabs my camera to start filming she's right here to my left and all of a sudden I'm like sitting here on the rock wall. Like I was higher cause than where I had been because of when we were like hugging and stuff and I just didn't have time to like sink back down. So all of a sudden I see his antler tips, like come up over and he's like right here in front of me at like 20 yards, like walking. I'm like, Holy cow. He's going to come out the bottom side of the bush at like 12, 13 yards. So I draw back, he goes behind, right. As he went behind the bush, walks out and 13 yards, he just like rips his big bugle and like walks out the backside of the bush and freaking smoked him and he turns and like runs down and blood just kind of pouring off of him and he like gets to like 80 yards she goes get another one you, you can get another one and i'm like oh crap like because i couldn't believe that i just shot this thing and she's like shoot him again i thought he hit him or like hit him in his brisket like it just like skimmed under like i didn't see the hit and i don't know how but i was like i don't think you hit him and like in the video oh, like no. i'm just and it's like out of focus and i'm like i don't think he hit him. he's like i didn't and then all of a sudden i hear him grab him an arrow and yeah i i mean it was like one of those things that i i was sure i hit him but i didn't you know it was she's over here like i don't think you hit him type of thing you so, know and yeah, I'm like, you're like yeah i'm like no how there's no way I, and i'm like seeing blood coming off of him but i think she was looking at the camera screen where rather than like at the elk. the elk, you know? Right. And so she's trying to film it, which is cool. Cause we actually end up getting him falling over on film and everything. So it like worked out. It was pretty cool. But like I grab another arrow, she actually hands me an arrow and I go to knock and I go to shoot him again. And all of a sudden he just like face plants and like tips over in the meantime, we forgot about mine. We for- don't even know if mine's fallen over yet. <laughs> yeah. She looks right as mine falls over and she goes, my bull's down. And he, her bull literally fell over at oh the same time. Oh my God. Shut up. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. It was the coolest freaking thing ever. Mine actually went a little bit further than he, I thought. And I made a great shot, but he probably went 400 yards. Yeah. Like 450. Like yeah. he took off running double lung, the best shot like you could ever make on an elk. Like, I mean, if, if you were to put it on a target, it would be 
I'd shoot it there every time, every day. And that thing took off. It ran like 450 yards out across this flat, double lunged. And their arrow was like out both sides. Like, I mean, there was blood on both sides. But literally as mine fell over, her, she like looks over at hers out there in the flat. And she's like, mine just fell over. <laughs> and like both the elk, like literally at the same time, like fell over. And it was the craziest thing. I mean, we literally were just like so ecstatic. And then we had like 45 minutes of daylight left. We we're so excited and we want to call my mom. We want to call his dad. And we're telling everyone we would just double down on two bulls and everyone's like, what? Like, we, what? Yeah. So we start calling people like left and right. Instead of thinking daylight's fading, we should go get pictures. You know, it was like we were calling everyone like, I cannot believe this just happened. And so then I called the landowner and I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, you guys are never going to believe this. I was like, well, we just killed two, two, you know? And like the lady, she was so freaking nice. And she was like, you killed two bulls. And I'm like, yeah, like 30 seconds apart, maybe. And she was like, couldn't believe it. I was like, so can we drive across your property to go get these things? Oh my and gosh. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Cause we ended up like crossing their property. They were super nice. And like, let us, had we not, it would have been a, a long night, but we ended up driving like 300 yards from mine and like 800 yards from hers. But it started raining. So it's that gumbo Montana mud. So like what halfway through gutting mine. Yeah. We like went to mine, took a couple quick little, just like selfie videos. And then we didn't even take like true pictures, walked across the flat. Cause I was like, it's getting dark. We need to go get yours and put a pin on it so we can get back to these in the dark because it's getting dark. So we went over Got to hers. Of course, I was more excited that she got her first archery bowl. Like, you know, it's like, let's go get your pictures right. and like, go do this. So we go over to hers, start taking pictures. It starts getting dark. And all of a sudden it was like thunder lightning, like comes out of nowhere. Wind starts really blowing and we're standing there trying to take pictures and it's just like getting nasty. And I was like, well, let's start getting yours. Like get the hide off yours. At least we'll go back, get mine, go get the truck drive around and then we'll come back in and like finish them. But like, let's get, start getting yours taken care of. The midst of all of this, it's like thunder and lightning pouring rain. That herd of elk that was like way over there starts coming towards us. We're literally headlamps cutting up her bull. And we're talking like as loud as can be. There's bulls just start screaming across this flat and they're just working their way towards us. She goes, uh, I think we might need to like defend ourselves. We got a bull right here. And <laughs> like, I, they literally were right there. Like, just screaming. 20, at us. like 20 yards. This one bull comes in and starts just like ripping his head off. And I'm like, you know, you'll see sometimes when like an elk's dead or whatever, another one will fight it, you know? And I'm like, this might not be a good situation. And I, and I, I had left my bow at my bowl. So all she, we had was her bow bow. I don't even think I left the gun in the truck that night. So I didn't even have my handgun. And so I'm like standing there. I'm like, well, okay. And so like literally I turn and look and this bull is just ripping bugles at like 20 yards, his head tipped back. And he's like, it's just pissing rain. And he's just like, let's go. Like, let's fight. And I'm like in my headlamp, like, I don't even know. I got a knife, you know, I'm like, what am I going to do? You know? And so she starts yelling. We're yelling at this elk, other elk are bugling. And then things got a little like, so they ended up like moving off. Cause we were like making so much commotion. And, uh, then we were trying to get back to my bowl and I had it on Onyx, but I don't know like what happened with the, the cell phone service. Like if the rain messed it up or like mm. whatever, cause it was coming down so hard. My, my pin wasn't, it wasn't like updating. Right. So we'd start walking and all of a sudden my cursor would like jump way over. 
And I'm like, and there was no moon, yeah, no nothing like pitch black mm. rain, like everything's just flat. It looks yeah, the same. open sage field doesn't oh, sound yeah. like yeah. yeah. And, and I kept John was like just starting to panic a little bit, and he's like hiking harder and harder, and I'm like, uh, I think we're lost, and he's like, we're not lost, and he's all like manly, <laughs> and he's like, we're we're fine, and I pull up the Onyx on my phone, and I was like, uh, I think we're going the wrong way, and like we got it was kind of scary there for a little bit. Just- yeah, her her phone worked thankfully, but mine wasn't, hmm. and so like I don't know why, like I shut it off, restarted, and everything, and I don't know what was going on, but literally, have we not? That was like one of those moments. Had we not had her phone, I think it would have been like, let's sit down and pull, like, hopefully the moon comes out or like pull out a shelter and just like, we're staying out here tonight and mm-hmm. don't move because mm-hmm. I don't, we can't figure out where we're at. And uh, hmm. so then I grabbed her phone. I'm like, looking and I started walking and hers was like perfect, but we were going the wrong way with mine. Like, totally, it got turned around the flat. Finally, we made it back to the truck. Long story short, it was all night, like 3 a.m. We finally ended up getting back to camp with like both the elk and like, I mean, it was a long freaking night. But it was one of those moments that was so cool between both of us. Just the fact that like she got her first one, I ended up killing my biggest one and just like the everything that went on and like the emotions. But also we had like the moments of... when she shot hers of jumping up and like literally yelling at the top of our lungs that like couldn't believe she did it and me hugging her the fact that like mine still even didn't see us came in care yeah yeah (laughs) it was like what are the odds of just that happening so i mean it was kind of like at that point i'm like we just had the coolest experience the worst part was like she mentioned earlier we were so caught up in the hunt and this whole, like, I'll be honest, our whole elk season, like we were so caught up just in like hunting, being together, doing our thing. We didn't even, it was like, I looked back the other day, she was like, oh, I want to make this little video of our elk hunt. And she's like, do you have any clips? And I'm like looking at my phone and like, nope, I hardly had any clips. Yeah. And even in the night when we killed, it was like, we had a little bit of stuff, but it was like nothing. I mean, it was like all memories and we were just having such a good time together that mm-hmm. it was like. I don't even care. Like, you know, just, but we totally forgot to even film or like do anything really. So I don't know. But it was crazy though. I feel like as soon as it happened, um, I thought I would totally cry and I didn't end up crying. Cause I think it just instantly was like stone cold. John's killing. I'm filming. And like, it was just really weird though. I thought we'd have like a lot more like emotions, but I think we were both absolutely like utterly shocked. Like, absolutely. Like we just like looked at each other and, just sat there staring and we're like yeah what happened like what what just happened <laughs> right. like, this is unreal and then we like really thought about it and we're like this is gonna be a long long night packing out and like then all of those emotions like went over but i feel like we ended up doing really really well and team worked it out and the weather really did put a damper on like that fun memory of like the pack out being like oh we just like doubled down on bulls and stuff like that but it was really an incredible memory for sure one that will never uh ever top again i don't think <laughs> yeah yeah that that'll never happen again no. but i'm thankful i mean it, it was cool so at that point obviously we had the elk and then well the next day we went and met the landowner and whatnot and they were like just so ecstatic for us both of us you know and like that she got her first one and with a bow and it was just like so cool just to have that whole experience and then um after that i'm like if nothing we're not, I don't even care if we kill anything else this season. You know, I was like, we just had the coolest memory ever. Like we're good. 
So then I move on to October. I hold on, hold on. Time out. I I yeah. have to say some things about this yeah. whole experience. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You can't just, expect to just brush <laughs> on to the next thing right now, John. Okay. All right. All um, right. I'm going to start by saying, holy shit. Like, what an incredible thing from start to finish. Even going back to when you guys first got there, had the vet incident, had to come home, kind of had to go through that emotion like the turmoil of like, maybe this was it, you know, kind of there for a little bit. And I think that gives you so much mental, like hunger to, to see something through. So, I mean, I I have to imagine that that was there a little bit, but when you guys are talking about this entire story and you got back there and, you know, John's like, Nope, not this bull, not this bull passing that up. I have to agree. Any kind of opportunities uh, for, getting to just like settle your emotion. I think especially in bow hunting, it's pretty true for everything, but especially in bow hunting, when you can just be there, know that you could have the possibility, walk yourself kind of through the motions. Like I've even come to full draw so many times on animals that I'm not going to shoot just to breathe through it, sit there, hold it full draw. Because for me in Western Oregon, like we didn't get a ton of opportunities throughout the year, you know? So I think that's really huge for people that are listening in. If you ever have those moments to just like learn through that, that's freaking great. And I'm so glad that you got the opportunity. Um, I have to ask you, when you guys talked about the bush that you got to and that rock wall, is this like just like big pieces of stone? Are you talking about like somebody has made a rock wall there? No, it's like a little hill. Um, yeah. That was, I don't even, it, it's not even a hill. It was, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. There wasn't much. Like it was like this bush and just not happened. Kind of veered out to the left. Yeah. And ish. then there just happened to be like this little like, rock wall over time that like the earth is just kind of like washed away from it a little bit, but it's not very tall. The rock wall itself is only like three feet tall maybe. And it just happened to be like eight, 10 feet long. And it was like a perfect flat, like bench. And it was, so it was just kind of like a shale rock almost, but it was all together. And it would just happen to like the backside of it just happened to like wash away over time. And so it just made like the perfect little spot. Oh, I think probably what's happened is, is like water, but the wind comes from that Uh, direction usually. So it probably hit it and like, carved it out um john says a wall it was not a wall it was a little shrub well the the bush but it was like just a natural rock formation like i mean i I don't know how to because in my mind what i'm seeing is like this almost like a wind block that somebody has made or like a a ground blind over time where i'm in my head i'm like i wonder of like how many like super primal weapons have been fired at animals in this area like this was just like the place to be at one point because there's obviously so many elk there but anyway that was my like little thing I went to in my head. I'll send you a picture of the little please do (laughs) please do because I mean like I'll be honest when we went down to that thing, it was kind of like one of those things. Like I knew the elk were coming around the hill and like, I'd asked her, you know, I'm like, what do you think? Like, where are they going to come? Like, you know, she, cause she was like watching them, you know, she, when she told me they were coming, she's like, well, I think they're going to go down through this dip. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like that's my guess too, you know? And so I'm trying to like make her tell me what she's thinking. So she's learning. And then like this rock wall thing or this bush and this little rock thing, when we talked about getting there, I was like, Okay, like we're in the open and the odds that these elk are going to come by this thing, like it could happen, but at the same time, 10% chance. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) they could very easily go by it like 100 yards, like below it, you know, like they're not going to come by the bush, you know, and so like in my mind, I'm thinking, 
No, okay. no, they came to the bush, John. Yeah, came <laughs> to the bush and, and beyond. And beyond it. And so I didn't, I mean, I never would have guessed that that was what was going to happen. But so looking back now, after we figured this out, we were in like the most perfect spot because there happens to be a fat game trail, like right where my elk walked 13 yards below that bush. Well, they were going to hit that thing. We just didn't know that game trail was there, but that is their like walking yep. path. Yep. So now that we've, we know that's there, I bet you, you could probably go back to the bush and kill one there again. But at the time it was just like, I don't even know where they're going to come by mm -hmm. here. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe next year you'll kill two there again. Who knows? <laughs> so cool. Just incredible yeah. to have that, that excitement, you know, to be able to share that together. Um, I, I just think of all elk hunting opportunities to kill, like, hell yeah. You guys just went to, for the top. <laughs> so oh, yeah. awesome. It, it, was, it was fun. I mean, and, and I had asked her too, like when we were running in the midst of the whole thing, I was like, which bull do you want to shoot? You know, cause I'm like, you're up first. I'm like, if you want to kill the big one, I was like, shoot the big one. She's like, I'm shooting whichever one's come by first. Yep. I was like, okay. And so she did. And then the big one just happened to walk in and I'll be honest after in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if she shoots this first one, like we're not killing the Game big over. one, but yeah, yeah, we still have days to hunt. Like I'll keep hunting and like, I'll figure it out. And it, I like just the fact that it went down the way they did and we ended up killing both of them. It was like, yeah, it's pretty, this yeah, is cool. pretty awesome. yeah, pretty sweet. I can relate yeah. with you guys as well on the, the level of not filming much, uh, when it comes to you guys. And I don't know if this is true for you, but when I'm like out with my girlfriends or we're hunting or doing something, I film a ton when it's just like me and my family and the kids or me and my husband, like we almost never even get out a camera or phone or anything. And like, I look back over the holidays and stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? Like we missed, we didn't take any family pictures. We didn't do any videos or anything. It's just, you're in it, just enjoying it. And for me, that unplugging is so special that as much as I really would like, like to go back and have those memories and be able to like relive and re-see that stuff or share it or whatever. Sometimes it's just nice to like fully absorb the situation and just that like hands on in it kind of moment. Um, but then yeah. af after you're out of that moment, you're like, damn it, I wish we had that on film, right? And initially we were going to hire someone to film it because we're like, this is like just an awesome time. Like, let's just get a husband, wife, like cool, awesome archery hunt film. But then we like tinkered on it back and forth. And he's like, well, do you want to? And I'm like, no, I think I want to like just get my first, like as cool as it would be to have my first archery hunt, like, or successful hunt, like on there yeah. and have a memory of it. I'm like, I think I just need to like go through the motions of like my own, how I'm going to do this, not thinking about the camera not thinking about how I want to yeah. impress someone or what I'm doing wrong. Or if I take the wrong step, I'm like, I just want to kill something and say, I did it for my own personal self and like have that memory. Cool. And then moving forward, yeah. like if I feel like I'm like, okay, this year I'm ready to do a hunt together or have a filmed hunt together just because we've enjoyed those emotions together and I conquered my own um, like fears of not being able to pull back or being too scared or this or that. And I think that was almost a better, I feel like if we would have had a film guy, that would have never happened. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. whole scenario, mm -hmm. like one person, one extra cent, anything like that. I feel like totally could have taken away from the whole entire hunt. So I, I'm right there with you of just like really enjoying like those moments of, 
just not having our phones out and just yeah. being present for sure. So I know you've invested a ton and like really just put your roots in with learning, you know, everything from like scouting, glassing, you know, mapping all the things. So what do you feel like Kylie was like, some of your biggest takeaways, not maybe necessarily from that specific experience, but from everything looking at your elk season? I think mine is just like trusting the fact that I can do it. Um, I am an overthinker. I know there's a lot of women like me who um, just overthink every part of the scenario and want to have everything planned out a certain way. And John used to say, you're not going to get a perfect scenario. But in my mind, I'm like, nope, it's going to be a perfect scenario. He's going to be quartered away perfectly. And it's going to be a 30 yard shot, like broadside, like, you know what I mean? Like I always had it, it had to look a certain way. And I think in that moment, like when I finally had that like moment of like it penetrated and it was just perfect. It was almost like it was everything that I didn't think was going to happen. Mm. And it happened and I made it happen because I just trusted myself that I could do it. And it wasn't looking a certain way. Cause I know John in his mind was like, shoot, like, what are you doing? Like, shoot. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, is this going to work out? And is it going to do this? Blah, 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 blah. And I was trying to like play on the scenario of how it should look. But in reality, like it was present, it was there. And I just needed to take that moment and like do it. And I did do it. Um, and I think too, like John's always, John's a very successful hunter and he has a lot of years on me. And for me, it was always like, well, I always came home empty handed. I tried and I tried and I worked so stinking hard, like being in from Utah and like hunted Colorado and everything around here. Like we have tough terrain, like we're not paying for guided hunts and we don't have private property or anything like that. And we really have to put like that extra, like, um, to it. And for me, like I always see all these women who are doing guided hunts and stuff like that. And I have to remind myself, like they're not doing what I'm doing. And yes, I've come home empty handed for four years on archery hunts with John and I had to see him succeed. I know I succeeded just as much because I put in so much work. Yes, people didn't get to see my own personal success that I thought I brought from it. But after finally like having it happen and like dialing all my emotions and finally getting everything in like one moment it was just i don't know it was good it, it was good for sure it was pretty cool i think and the, the funniest thing i think to me is is that she makes the comment after she's like you you make me shoot my bow all the time she's like but then i would go out and shoot my bow on my own all the time and i'm shooting in the yard at 40 50 yards and she's like doing all this stuff and then end up shooting this elk at seven <laughs> yards you know and she she just like looked at me and she's like i just feel like i put in i go yeah but here's the thing because she made the comment about just like it just happened. Like she just did it and trusted herself. And I mm -hmm. go, had you not shot your bow almost every single day. You wouldn't have got in that position. You would have been freaking out. Like you would have, you wouldn't have had the thought of like, yeah. okay, well, John's not talking to me right now. Like, I'm just going to pull back and do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Like you trusted yourself at that moment, you mm -hmm. know? And it was mm -hmm. like everything that she had went through all year, like, and put in the work and like sit next to me studying like the maps and like, everything like i think another thing um joel turner came and did a private lesson when he was coming through here and talked about target panic yeah. and holy cow i did not realize how bad i had that like because every time i was shooting i would i would do the raise from the target like down sure. to the you know what i mean yep. and i would just shoot and i would always shoot like kind of like right above that front leg and it was like pushing, like I would get a kill, but like, I just was instantly like not focusing and I just 
boop, I hit that target, boom, my arrow would release. And having Joel, I think, come, we made John kind of go away for a minute because I was like, I just need to not have my husband here telling me what sure. to do. Cause, you know, but having Joel really helped me and just kind of um, making shooting more fun there for a while. Like I felt like I had so many downfalls and my poundage and my arms hurting and double jointed and this and that. And I felt like I always had an excuse. And I'm like, well, not all these women have like double jointed arms like me and stuff like that. And when Joel came, he was just like, it's not about that. You shoot fine. Like you can pull that, like you can pull that bow back. It's about the target that's in front of you and stuff like that. And it really helped me to kind of like get a different mindset of not comparing myself like to other women. And like, I hate watching like a film of like my arm getting pulled or like when I'm pulling back my bow and I don't know. I think that was a really good learning curve for me this year. And just like building that confidence. It doesn't matter what I look like when I'm throwing back my bow. It just matters if I'm successful and I'm enjoying it and I make it happen. Control the shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joel Turner is amazing. Shot IQ is awesome. He, um, I've done a lot of coaching with him and really, really just can't say enough good things. If like somebody had only enough time or money to invest in one part of like training with archery, go see Joel Turner, wherever he's at, whatever he's doing, he's amazing. Um, So totally, he is a game changer, I think, when it comes to shot process and and controlling um, the final, the finished product, you know, when the arrow releases and and hits and makes impact. Um, I wanted to ask you though, you said in the bull that you passed on at the wallow or, or that was wallowing, you were really like really shook up. Adrenaline was hitting, you know, you were shaking a lot, totally been there. I've freaking been there on a Turkey. I'm not even joking you, not even a Turkey that I was going to shoot that I knew I wasn't going to shoot. I just got that like weird, stupid thing. Um, and then in the bull that you did kill, you said you were calm. Why do you think that it happened that way for you? I want to say I definitely have to hand the trophy over to John on that one of being like, you don't have to shoot the first thing that you see if you're not mentally ready for it. Cause it's like, if my emotions were so crazy when I was trying to draw back on that first bolt, I totally could have missed or I could have wounded it because my emotions just were not settled. And I was thinking of all the crazy scenarios and mm-hmm. in my head. And then I think having like, I almost think sitting on water was almost worse for me because that like initial watching them come and stuff like that, like it built like a story and an emotion for me versus it just like all happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think having that first scenario of when I was like, nope, I'm going to wait and John's going to be right and get my emotions together. And like my arrow was shaking so bad on that first, air, like first bowl. And I didn't even think I was going to shoot it there for a minute. And it was still shaking. But right. then I definitely think just like trusting myself and knowing that like I could do it on that second scenario of being like, okay, it's here. It's present. I'm good. I know how to con- control that emotion. It's just an elk and I can do this. And just like almost giving myself a positive pep talk versus, oh gosh, what if I shake or what if I miss or what if I do this or what if I flinch and you know what I mean? And trying not to build those negative little moments that kind of took away from the whole scenario mm-hmm. that really. I, I think the one thing that we did too is like when Joel, I mean, people can go learn from Joel, but it's like he, it's like you have one job. Yep. It's like, you know, and that's it. And I would always tell her, like, we'd be walking through and she'd be like, well, what if an elk comes out right now? Like, what if we, you know, call one in? I'm like, what'd Joel say? What did Joel teach you? And like, I would try to put that back in her head, yeah. like get her to calm down. And I remember even when we were running that night, like down towards that rock, like things were going kind of wild there for a minute. And I remember like 
at her like we were going and i'm just like joel 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 Good. like yep. Yep. Saying that to, to like get her her mind yep. right so i'd say i'd almost give it back to joel because like yeah. when it got that quick like when things happened like i had said his name but i think she realized like okay like this is real like let's put this in gear like i don't want to think about it you know mm -hmm. and i mean we had practiced it so much all summer and she would shoot like a shot sometimes and like shoot a bad shot and i'm like where was joel what what did what did you what why you know and so i'd kind of like ask her but she knew when i'd bring his name up it was like okay i better be serious and it almost like fueled a fire in me. Like, I don't know if Joel's done it to you when he's like, F you, Joel. Like, you know, when he's like, <laughs> yep, tickling your ear with a fletching and yeah, like, just F you, Joel. Yeah. And like, that's literally in that moment, I kind of was like, no distractions, just good I'm for you. Killing. Yeah. And, and it did happen. So I really think if anyone like is going to do anything, if you're struggling with anything like that, like I have, um, yeah. really look into Joel and see what he has to offer. A million I like percent. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't yeah. echo that more loudly for sure. I think one thing for me that I always try to think of is it's just a target. It's just a target. You know, once no. you identify as what you're going to kill, I no longer look at anything really, but the vitals where I want my era to go. And you can't control the situation. You can only tr control when you release your arrow and how you do it. So really, really big stuff that changes the game for sure. Good for you for making that decision. And John, obviously you were there to remind her and say, Joel, and she got it, you know, brought her back to it. And I have no doubt that going forward, probably you'll always think of Joel right before you shoot as will I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good thing. And, and I mean, but here's the thing, you know, it's, it's practice, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, I've just had more practice at it than she has. And so for me right now, I'm like, it's all repetition. You know, I'm like, just like her shooting her bow every day and like thinking about what Joel taught her. I'm like, you just need these reps in the field, you know? And I'm yeah. like, the more that you have pretty quick, you're going to be out there and be like, I don't even need you anymore. Like I got this, you know? And she did this year. I mean, like we've had years, like she's had really close calls and like something's not went right or she could have killed something, but didn't because she was just thinking about it so much. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this year was like the year where I'm like, you've put the work in, you've done it, you're good. Joel helped. And like, it just, I knew, and I mean, I remember running to that rock and I just was like saying, Joel, Joel, Joel. Like, so she would just yeah. hear the theme, you know, yep. and like that was all she needed. For sure. But so freaking sure. cool. Okay. Sidebar, Kylie, you're going to have to come back on solo because there's a lot of things I want to really dig into with you. But John, I feel semi-satisfied enough. Now we can go to October. Well, for the sake of time, this is going to end up being a two-part episode with the Gabrios. You'll have to come back next week to hear all about the rest of their season. And I will tell you, it's pretty much as exciting as the elk hunt was. So be sure to check out Kylie and John online. They have so much cool stuff that they're sharing. And again, the Elk Collective that John's a part of uh, is an absolutely great foundational tool for anybody who is all about elk, wanting to fill in the gaps with what they know and create more success in the field. See you next week on another episode of the Soul Summit Podcast. 
Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.